0: Well, good afternoon to everybody, and here they come. Uh, we've had two terrorist attacks in Canada in the last three days. We, apparently, the first one was homegrown. It was a guy who had tried to leave Canada to go join ISIS, and he was arrested but not charged and with anything, but his passport was confiscated. So he decided that he'd been under the watchful eye of the uh, Canadian Mounted Police for about four months, I understand. And that he was posting rants and raves on Facebook about how great ISIS was and about being a jihadist. And the next thing you know, he runs down two Canadian soldiers in a parking lot with his car, kills one of them, and then he is shot to death in a shootout with police later. So that would happened on Monday. Now this morning, a, at least one gunman, went up to a Canadian soldier guarding the memorial, the war memorial, in front of the Parliament building in Ottawa, the capital of Canada, and shot down the soldier and then walked across the street, basically, to the Parliament building, entered the Parliament building, and opened fire in there. Now, a security guard, or actually a sergeant-at-arms of the Canadian Parliament, and the Parliament, by the way, was not in session, but they were having their caucuses, so they were all there. The prime minister was in the building, but this security guard managed to shoot down uh, the attacker and kill him. Now, the Ottawa one Ottawa hospital is reporting that they received three casualties, two of which are in stable condition. That means that either somebody else was hit in the Parliament building, or there was a shooting somewhere else. <clears throat> the whole city. Of Ottawa is essentially on lockdown right now, and the hockey game between Ottawa and Montreal has been uh, canceled tonight, and, uh, you know, it's chaos, absolute chaos. Uh, one member of Parliament's calling it uh, Canada's 9-11. Of course, it doesn't come close to what happened to us, but the point is is that it's now happening in our in a country north of us, right on our border, these We don't know about the second terrorist. We don't know if he was homegrown or if he came in illegally. We do know that our Canadian border, while there's tighter security there, there are parts of it that are wide open also. There are parts of the Canadian border where there are no border patrol uh, on either side of the border. And uh, so terrorists can come across from Canada. In the meantime, we have our southern border, which is wide open. It was reported yesterday that federal officials are expecting thousands more, now that the weather is cooling down, thousands more illegals to come across the border. And they are basically going to be treated the same way that uh, the ones that have come across the last few months are being treated. Uh, They're not being examined about health issues. They're not being questioned about anything. They're being put on airplanes and sent off somewhere, basically anywhere they want to go. If They don't have any place to go. They're being sent off to dumped on towns around the country to put in facilities. Uh, they're putting, putting them in ice facilities like Lackland Air Force Base. Uh, there's a facility there where they're keeping about 2,000 of them at the cost of two of a quarter of a million dollars a day to the American taxpayer. They also have converted an ice facility there to Suites, basically and will house 532 illegals or already housing that many and they have access to the internet and they have flat screen TVs and they're being fed and clothed and educated and if they need it, they receive medical treatment all of which is going to cost the taxpayers and it's costing the taxpayers a lot of money none of these people are being detained sheriff's departments from south, the southern border are being told, you can't detain these people you can't arrest them even when they admit to being gang members, even when they admit to committing crimes back in their home countries, like Honduras or El Salvador or Guatemala, they still get to go wherever they want to go. And they're flying. Now, they don't have picture IDs. That's what I need to get on an airplane. That's what you need to get on an airplane. You have to have a picture ID, and you they have to check you to make sure that you are not on a terrorist watch list these people get a little sheet of paper that is basically a notice to appear in immigration court sometimes somewhere way down the road and that gets them on an airplane no real security check no background check they could be murderers from gang members or terrorists the um uh, I think I mentioned on this show before, that about two months ago, I made a speech in Tyler, Texas. And I talked to a gentleman there who works with the Texas militia that uh, helps man the border. Now, there, this is not a group going down there trying to stop people from crossing the border, other than the fact that, in other words, they're not necessarily armed, but they are, assist the Border Patrol, and putting eyes on the border. And they assist the local authorities primarily and they look for people that are crossing the border illegally. I was told that two years ago, and see, we're being told by the government that this is what's happening now is a relatively new phenomenon, uh, but that these are te- people are classified as OTMs other than Mexican, that they're coming from Honduras and El Salvador and Guatemala, and a lot of them are, but a lot of them are coming from other countries. And this gentleman told me that two years ago... They were estimating that 60% of the people crossing our border were OTMs from countries like Yemen, Somalia, Saudi Arabia, Iraq, and Iran, Syria. How many of these people are potential terrorists? How many of these people are ISIS? Fort Bliss, which is in El Paso, Texas, just outside of El Paso, is the second largest military post in the United States. It has now been for weeks on a high level of security, high level of alert, because of the fact that it's been identified that there are ISIS members in Juarez, Mexico, which is right across the border from El Paso, that they're there. They're working with the drug cartels. They're paying the drug cartels helps sneak them into the country. We don't know what else they're sneaking into the country. But the bottom line is, ladies and gentlemen, the terrorists are already here and that some of them are going to be homegrown. ISIS has been posting on his websites and on his Twitter accounts and all this stuff. And by the way, why didn't Twitter shutting down these accounts? Why didn't Facebook shut down these accounts? when You have somebody like this guy ranting on Facebook. And of course, maybe that's, that's better. At the least they knew who he was and knew what he was doing. But the, you know, the point is that Facebook will shut down account that's pro-Second Amendment or pro-right-to-life or something that, that promotes Christianity, they'll shut that down as being inappropriate. But ISIS can post whatever they want. And lately, they have been posting a call on for homegrown terrorists, for Muslims in this country to target American soldiers and their families. Kill them all. That's what they're saying. Find out through the yellow pages or through the uh, Internet where these soldiers and their families live and go kill them. Kill not just the soldiers, but kill the family members. Women and children, husband and children, doesn't matter. Kill them all. We're going to have that start happening. One reason that it may not be happening as much yet is the fact that there's a big difference between Canada and the United States. In the United States, a lot of people own guns. And most of the members of our military own guns. They're not allowed to carry them on our own military bases because Bill Clinton decided to turn our military bases into gun-free zones. So except for MPs, our people aren't allowed to carry weapons. And that's why Baker Hassan... The doll, you know, major the major was able to kill thirteen American soldiers and wound thirty two more before an MP got there to shoot him down. So we have the gun-free zones in Canada. Everything is a gun-free zone. Gun gun, gun ownership in Canada is very restrictive. People just can't, can't own guns. They certainly can't carry them. There's no such things as a concealed weapons permit. If there had been people out there who were armed today who saw this man, I mean, this man shot down a soldier and then walked, didn't run, run apparently, walked calmly 200 yards to the Parliament building and went in there. And that's when he was confronted with somebody who was armed. What if there had been at least one Canadian citizen out there who had seen the attack on the soldier, or had seen the guy coming up to the soldier with his rifle and been able to shoot this guy down, a life would have been saved. Here in the United States, our soldiers are armed, at least privately. And a lot of American citizens are armed. But it's still going to happen. They're going to be targeting us. They are targeting us. They're going to be coming after our people very soon. And basically, very little is being done to stop them. The terror threat level in this country has not been raised. You know, at least the Canadians have more guts and common sense than Obama and our other federal officials. Major Hidalgo Hassan killed all these soldiers at Fort Hood and it has never been classified by this administration as a terrorist attack. Now, he jumped up and started firing, yelling, Allah Akbar, God is great. He, it was, it's known now that he was in contact via the Internet with radical Islamist leaders, that he was promoting radical Islam, and he killed these people, and is classified as an act of work, workplace violence to this day which just denied the 32 soldiers who were wounded the right to get a Purple Heart and get the monetary benefits to go with it. A couple of weeks ago, we have a woman in Oklahoma beheaded by a man at her workplace who had just been fired because he was trying to convert everybody to radical Islam, and he was talking about how women should be subjects and slaves. And so he's fired, and he comes back, and he beheads a woman there. And he tries to kill a second woman. And fortunately, the owner of the business, the meat packing company, has a weapon, a weapons permit, and he shoots the guy down. But guess how the FBI labels that? Not an act of terrorism, even though it's known this guy had converted to radicalism while in prison. He was doing the ritualistic beheading that ISIS is so fond of. Yet this guy is not accused of terrorism. He's accused of workplace violence. Canadians aren't looking at what's happening there that way. Canadian members of Parliament are coming out openly and saying this was an act of terrorism. There's no question that what happened Monday was an act of terrorism. There apparently was little question that what's happening today is an act of terrorism. The Canadians are at least calling it like it is. They're not falling prey to the political correctness that's going on in this country. Let's take our first break.
1: The United States Justice Foundation since 1979 has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. This is Denise Simon, 18 hours a day, I live in a world as an intelligence analyst. What I find is reprehensible, what I find is terrifying, what I find is treasonous. The mainstream media has completely failed the American people. So join me for the Denise Simon Experience every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out Support USJF as they support you. This is Donna Fiducia, co-host of Cowboy Logic Radio, and you're listening to America's Web Radio.
0: So we have an act of terrorism committed here in the United States, and it's called workplace violence. We have acts of terrorism being committed in Canada, and they're calling it acts of terrorism. The political correctness is putting us in grave danger. And everything else that Obama's doing is putting us in grave danger. We're going to have an influx of new illegals coming across the border. They're going to be allowed to come across the border. They're not going to be sent back. They're going to be given lawyers if they do have to appear in court, immigration court, and usually their hearings are set months or even years down the road because of the backlog. There's like 400,000 cases backlogged right now. And they're being given these free passes, what it amounts to. They're being cared for by the taxpayers. And they're being given free attorneys, not free, free to them, but not to American taxpayers, attorneys at taxpayers' expense to represent them. Now, not long ago, there was a hearing in immigration court in Dallas scheduled, And only one out of every ten people who had the notice to appear that day showed up. So nine out of ten of them were in the wind. And that's what's going to happen here. What's Obama going to do to fix it? He is about to grant, by executive order, which is illegal and unconstitutional, he's about to grant permanent resident status to millions of illegals in this country. In other words, amnesty. He's going to give them amnesty. He's going to give them permanent residence status. He's going to put them on a fast track to get become citizens. And he's going to do this without the authority of the Constitution, without the Congress. If you look at the Constitution of the United States, you'll find out that immigration, specifically the, the immigration policy of the United States, is required to be set and or changed by the Congress. Not by the President. He has no authority granted to him and the Constitution to do anything on immigration policy. Except to inf- he's required to enforce the laws passed by Congress. Which he is not doing. But he's not allowed to change those laws. He's not allowed to choose not to enforce the laws. Which he does on a daily basis. And it gets worse. Right now... Thousands of America's heroes, soldiers, sailors, marines, and airmen, are being purged from the military because of so-called budget cuts. Well, they are budget cuts, not so-called. Obama's made it happen. They're getting rid of them. Some 1,400 officers in the Army alone have received pink slips, some of them while they're serving in combat in Afghanistan. And they receive these pink slips... And they're sent home once they were complete their tour. And they call "Well, you you can go out now. Your service—you know, you're a captain or a major—but your service is no longer required by the United States Army. Uh, you're not going to get your pension uh, unless you you've been there for more than twenty years. So we're going to kick you out. Go find a job in the civilian world, where there are very few decent jobs available. And you know." we're going to take your slot and we're going to give it to an illegal alien, somebody who has broken the laws of this country and come into this country, is going to now be able to enlist in the military. They're being encouraged to enlist in the military to take the place of the American citizens who are being purged from the military. Now, what kind of loyalty do these people have in the United States? Most of them don't even speak English. So what are we going to do with these people? How are they going to obey orders? How are they going to understand orders given to them in a combat situation? They're going to pose a danger to Americans who are fighting for our country. These people are going to have no loyalty to the country. I don't know if they're even going to have to take the oath of office. The oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies foreign and domestic. I don't know if they have to take that oath. If they do, they're probably not going to understand it. They're certainly not going to care about it. It's going to be meaningless to them because they don't know anything about the Constitution. All they know is they're going to get a regular paycheck. They're going to get government benefits. They're going to get a uniform. And they're going to be loyal to Obama because he's the one that's going to give them this. They're not going to be loyal to the Constitution. They're not going to be loyal to their fellow soldiers. They're not going to be loyal to their country, this country. They're going to be loyal to Obama. And that's what he's looking for here. And that's why he's putting us in such grave danger. But let's look at the southern border. Let's look what's happening at our southern border. We know that kids coming in across the border from Central America are bringing a deadly virus, which has not been in this country for 60 years, but is prevalent in Central America. That virus is being contracted by children aged six months to 16 years old. We were told initially that it was, you know, kind of a bad virus, but it wasn't ever fatal. No permanent damage was caused. Well, now we find out that children are being paralyzed because of it. Children are dying because of it. It's all over the country. It's been found in 46 different states right now. In places where these children have been dropped off. Unless they seek medical attention when they cross the border. They're not even examined to see if they have something like this. They're sent out and they're infecting our children around this country. The government's denying it. The mainstream news media is denying it but it's happening and we know it's happening and it's going to continue to happen and there are other diseases being brought in we have border patrol agents being diagnosed with tuberculosis with blood diseases with respiratory diseases all types of problems because they've been exposed to people who are coming across the border ill which brings up the point How long is it going to be before people from the, or is it already happening, from people from places like Liberia are coming across the border with Ebola? One of the things that the intelligence community is very concerned about, and I join in this concern, is suicide bombers who are not carrying explosives but who deliberately have allowed themselves to be infected with Ebola and are going to come across the border and try to spread that as much as possible throughout the United States and possibly in Canada. That's a very real threat. And we have no way of stopping it. No attempt is going to be made to stop it. It is more important to Obama to bring in illegals and to take care of people from other countries than it is for him to take care of Americans. He has no loyalty to this country. He took an oath of office to preserve and protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. But he's violating that oath of office on a daily basis. He has no loyalty to us, to our country, or to our Constitution. He's looking out for the people in other countries. It's now been learned that American embassies in places like Liberia have been ordered to expedite green cards and visas for people from those countries so they can come to the United States. He's even, they're even talking about bringing in people from Liberia and other countries who have Ebola to be treated here in the United States. But they're also authorizing people to come in who may have been exposed to Ebola, probably have been exposed to Ebola, to come in, and they might take their temperature when they arrive. We had, of understand there were three cases today where people coming from Liberia were stopped at airports and were isolated because they had some temperature or they vomited or something like that. But now we're expediting those people coming in. Why? Other countries are stopping flights into their countries, like Great Britain's done it, Spain has done it, stopping flights from those countries. Obama refuses to do that, despite being called on by members of Congress from both parties who are begging him to do it. He won't do it. Again... No concern for the well-being of the American people. No concern for our health. Concern for people from other countries. No concern for what's happening on our southern border. It'd be interesting to hear what Obama has to say about what's happening on the northern border. What do you want to bet that he is not going to, if he speaks to the American people about this, he is not going to refer to what is happening in Canada as terrorism. It's not his makeup to do that. He doesn't want to admit that Islamic terrorism exists. I mean, he came out and said that ISIS was not an Islamic organization. It was not Islam. Their name, they call themselves the Islamic State. And the President of the United States is going to say, but that's not Islam. Islam was a religion of peace. It helped found America. Didn't know that, did you? Saw an article here recently, somebody that's been around for a while, somebody saying, you know, when have you ever seen a Muslim hospital in this country? When have you seen a Muslim band? When have you seen Muslims do anything to forward anything but their own religion? They try to ban Americans from speaking out and criticizing Islam in any way, shape, or form. And we're turning our kids into people who don't understand the threat, who don't believe there is a threat. In schools around the country, Muslims are being allowed to do their daily prayers in school. Christians who request the same right are being denied. They're being told, no, you can't do that. That's unconstitutional. Only the Muslims can have religious freedom in this country. Christians and Jews and other religions. No, not for you. Just for the Muslims. In Texas, there was stuff that uh, being handed out lesson plans. Where children were being, females were being told to wear burkas to school, so that you find out what it was like to be a Muslim woman. And the idea of being a Muslim woman was being held to be a very high standard. They weren't being told that Muslim women, under strict Sharia law, are slaves to their husbands. Their husbands can kill them or beat them an honor killing for any reason virtually whatsoever they are not allowed to drive they are not allowed to get an education they're not allowed to work when they walk with their husbands they have to walk 10 paces behind them children aren't being told that let's take our second break now
1: who is or what is usjf it is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. This is Denise Simon. 18 hours a day, I live in a world as an intelligence analyst. What I find is reprehensible, what I find is terrifying, what I find is treasonous. The mainstream media has completely failed the American people. So join me for the Denise Simon Experience every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. and listen to The Doctor's Lounge, where you get a private insight into the conversations that doctors have amongst themselves. Join us Thursday, 8 a.m. every week. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, Support USJF as they support you. This is Donna Fiducia, co-host of Cowboy Logic Radio, and you're listening to America's Web Radio, a most eclectic mix of conservative shows.
0: So, you know, the, the situation on our border is, is very scary. And it's getting scarier by the minute, and it's just going to get worse. And Obama is doing nothing about it. Really, nobody's doing anything about it, except for the local county sheriffs in Texas and Arizona. They're trying to do something about it, but they're limited in what they can do. Basically, what happens is if they arrest somebody, the uh, ICE won't come pick them up. Or if they do, they pick them up just just release them so it's a catch and release type program where people who could be get where you know they have their gang tattoos on their faces and their arms we know they're gang members we know what the tattoos mean we know which gangs they're a part of yet they're being turned loose in this country and we've had 68,000 federal prisoners released recently many of which are known gang members many of which are illegals, who should be deported. The law requires, and again, the law is passed by Congress. The Constitution says that immigration law is strictly under the control of the Congress of the United States, not the President. All he's supposed to do is enforce the laws. So we have Congress passing laws that say that if you are convicted of a crime in this country, you do your time, in an American jail, and then the minute you are scheduled to be released, you are deported back to your country of origin. That's not happening. Obama's put these people out on our streets. He has let them go out and continue to commit crimes. They don't have to be afraid of being deported. We had a situation just a couple of months ago here in Fort Worth, Texas, where a nine-year-old girl was sexually assaulted in her home by an illegal who had been deported four different times and because of the open border situation had come back across. The two men who gunned down an American Border Patrol agent while he was fishing with his family on the Texas side of the border, those two men in between had been deported a total of six times. Yet they were back across the border again. Nobody had hindered them. They were known cartel members, yet they were given a free pass to come in. So our border is just sitting wide open. Diseases are coming in. Terrorists are coming in. Criminals are coming in. And Obama is going to respond to this by granting amnesty, by executive action which he cannot do. And basically, Congress is powerless to block him. Even if the Republicans take control of the United States Senate in the election November 4th, and it's not a sure thing by the stretch of the imagination, but if they do take control, anything they pass is just going to be vetoed by Obama. Now, we can slow down things. We can stop him from pushing his agenda further. But we're not going to be able to stop him unless we sue in court. We're not going to be able to stop him from issuing executive orders. The Supreme Court has now ruled on several occasions, occasions that he violated the Constitution by making things like recess appointments when Congress was on recess. So that's something we need to watch out for. And that's one of the things that we're trying to do with the United States Justice Foundation is monitor all this. And believe me, putting in a lot of hours on this, between the veterans' issues we're working on and looking at the, trying to help out in this Houston situation, which I'll talk about in a minute, and the monitoring what's happening with Obama's executive orders, we have a lot going on. If you want to find out what's happening you can go to my blog at com, and you can take a look there at the articles I'm writing. And uh, I've posted articles, my uh, most recent one is on ISIS as a matter of fact, and our tepid response to ISIS. Now, I'll talk about that in a minute too. But you can also go to usjf.net and check out there what's happening with the United States Justice Foundation. Now, we're in the process of trying to get that, that website upgraded, so you know it's a little behind on what's going on. Um, my blog is actually more current as far as what's happening, but uh, you know, I'm doing a lot of TV shows, and a lot of I mean a lot of radio shows, and a lot of speeches around the country. I was in Conroe, Texas on Monday night doing a speech. I'm going to be in Burleson, Texas, uh... next tuesday night doing a speech if you want me to speak at your group and i'm speaking to Rotary clubs lions clubs tea party groups uh... republican groups any group that's interested in the constitution as you know at the united states justice foundation we're a tax exempt organization contributions to us are tax deductible and the reason i'm saying that is because people don't need to ask me to come endorse candidates and I'm asked that frequently, will you endorse so-and-so? We are not allowed to do that as a 501c3. I am not allowed to endorse candidates. All I can do is talk about the issues, and the issues that we're looking at all revolve around the Constitution. So if you want me to come speak about the Constitution, and you can go through David and the Speaker's Bureau at America's Web Radio, or you can contact me personally at Michael at usjfmail.com, U-S-J-A-F-M-A-I-L-D-O-T-N-E-T. Uh, but David has all the information, and he can help set things up, uh, particularly if you're in the, the Georgia area, for example. And, uh, but keep up with what's going on. I mean, we have the situation with ISIS and what our response has been. Right now, the ISIS attack on the city in Syria seems to be slowing down somewhat. But I think I agree with a lot of the military analysts that this was really a feint. What they're after is Baghdad. They're after territory in Iraq, and they are advancing in Iraq. Despite the airstrikes, despite the use of our attack helicopters, they're advancing in Iraq. They're very close to the, the airport, the Baghdad airport, and very close to the American embassy in Baghdad, which is the lar- largest embassy in the world. They would like nothing better than to be able to launch attacks on that embassy. Now, they're not going to be able to take Baghdad and control it. There's 7 million people. They probably don't even want to take Baghdad. They'd like to take all of Iraq around Baghdad and then star Baghdad out, basically. And that they may be able to do. But their primary goal right now is as a recruiting tool for themselves to attack the American embassy. Now, I don't know if we even have an escape plan for our people. Because if the airport in Baghdad is closed, we're going to have to send helicopters in, possibly across ISIS-held territory, to try to get our people out. And that could be a total disaster for Americans. We've got thousands of people at that embassy. Either government employees, independent contractors, soldiers, marine guards. Thousands of people at that embassy. And that is ISIS's target. So what's happening in Syria is certainly important because they will massacre the Kurds if they take the town of Kobani. But it's also important that we protect our people and our embassy in Iraq. And it's going to take boots on the ground. I'm sorry to have to say that, but I'm afraid that's what's going to happen. It's going to take boots on the ground because we have... not the capability we need to do it by air, and certainly not the way the airstrikes are being carried out. Most of our airstrikes are apparently being done at night and attacking vacant buildings in ISIS-controlled areas, attacking parked vehicles in ISIS-controlled areas. We're not trying to kill their soldiers. In fact, we deliberately, on the President's order, seem to be trying to avoid killing ISIS soldiers. Now, the President of the United States has no military experience. He's never been in the military. He's always hated the military. He said, under disdain for the military, <coughs> yet yeah, he's taken personal command of the use of military force against ISIS. Our commanders in the field are not being told that they can launch airstrikes against targets of opportunity. They're being told, if you want to launch an airstrike, you have to go to the President of the United States and you have to get his personal approval. That type of nonsense is what got a lot of Americans killed in Afghanistan and in Iraq. Because Obama was doing essentially the same thing. He wasn't saying he had to have his personal approval, but they had to have... Approval from the White House for use of artillery and air power in certain situations. One of those situations involved a squad of United States Marines who were surrounded. There were 200, you know, we're talking about eight people. There were 200 Taliban fighters in the hills around them, firing down on them. They called for artillery support and airstrikes. They were told they could not have any support unless they could prove to the White House that all of the people in that area who were in the hills shooting at them were actually armed because if there was even one unarmed person there the strike was not going to be approved well basically here you have eight pinned down marines who are not going to be able to stick their heads up and count noses and try to see if anybody is not not armed so they told that they were, that was impossible, and they were told, well, too bad, you're on your own. And they all died. Eight Marines died because of Obama's idiotic and moronic and treasonous, as far as I'm concerned, rules of engagement. we got similar rules of engagement going on right now in Syria and Iraq, involving our air power. So we're not a credible threat to ISIS. We're a nuisance possibly, but a nuisance is not going to stop an army of 40,000 jihadists from killing all the Christians they can get their hands on, killing all the, the Kurds they can get their hands on, killing every American get, they can get their hands on, and from bringing, it's not going to stop them from bringing terrorism into this country. Yet that's the philosophy that the president has. I personally think that what he's doing in this country right now is treasonous. He's giving aid and comfort to the enemy, which is the definition of treason in the Constitution. Let's take our final break now.
1: The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita
0: Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio.
1: Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, Support USJF as they support you. This is Donna Fiducia, former anchor at the Fox News Channel, and now co-host of Cowboy Logic Radio, and you're listening to America's Web Radio.
0: Okay, we've talked about the ISIS threat, we've talked about the threat of Ebola, we've talked about terrorism, we've talked about what the President is not doing to resolve any of those situations, but in fact is doing seemingly everything in his power to put Americans more in danger. But we also need to talk today about some other developments that are happening and things that uh, involve the all-out assault by this administration on the Constitution. Now, we've talked repeatedly about the President violating his oath of office by using executive orders to bypass Congress, to... Order his agencies to initiate rules and regulations, which he doesn't has no right to initiate, which the agencies have no right to initiate, which must be passed or approved by Congress. They're not being. He's using that to hammer the utility industry in this country. He's using that to hammer red states like Texas, and he's coming after us with all of his EPA regulations, all of his HHS regulations. They're using regulations to try to disarm America's veterans and unfortunately succeeding, although we're fighting them tooth and nail uh, through the United States Justice Foundation. and You can read all about that at USJF. We are doing what we can, but the assault continues. Right now, we're looking at trying to assist some pastors in Houston, Texas, because one of the politically correct things in the Obama agenda is to give rights, so-called rights, to gays in this country, and they're not rights at all. But the, according to the Obama administration, and now the Supreme Court seems to acquiesce, the, there's a so-called constitutional right to gay marriage. Now, there used to be a constitutional right to free speech. And there used to be a constitutional right to freedom of religion. But now the federal government many state and local governments are saying, no, you don't have that right anymore, not if it pertains to gays, because your radical gay movement, your jihadist of the gay movement, I call them, they are coming after you and I if we want to exercise our free speech and freedom of religion. In the military, chaplains have already been told you cannot criticize gay marriage. You cannot point out that you have a biblical objection to homosexuality. You can't talk about that in your sermons. If you do, you'll be court-martialed. Well, the Supreme Court of the United States has ruled that freedom of religion exists even in the military. But not if you're a Christian, apparently. But not if you're a member of a religion that opposes homosexual marriage, gay marriage. Now they're going after civilians. In Houston, Texas, the mayor of Houston happens to be a lesbian, and she got passed a transsexual bill giving transsexuals and people with so-called gender identity problems the right to go into any bathroom they choose. In other words, if they're men and they want to go in a women's bathroom, they can do that and vice versa. Utterly stupid politically correct, according to the Obama administration and the left in this country. So they're being told that they can do that. And a group of people in Houston challenged the legislation and filed a suit against it. The response of the gay mayor was to have the city attorney issue subpoenas to five prominent pastors in the area. Now, these pastors aren't even a part of the lawsuit, but they have been coming out opposing this legislation. And they have come out and opposed gay marriage. The subpoena was issued for all of their notes on all their sermons, all of their emails, anything, anything, any emails or any correspondence that said anything negative about the mayor or anything negative about gay marriage or anything negative about this legislation. Well, the pastors are, free, are refused to comply. Now, initially, it looked like the mayor was going to back off, but then she doubled down on it and said, well, if these pastors are using their pulpits for politics, then they're fair game. I'm sorry, but freedom of speech is not fair game because you don't agree with the politics of the pastors. Freedom of religion is not fair game because you don't believe In what this particular religion believes in, unless they're doing something dangerous, trying to protect children in a bathroom is not something dangerous. So we're U.S. Justice Foundation. I've offered about. I go. I have a radio show I do every Monday morning uh, in the Kerrville, Texas area uh, with Pastor Greg Young, and uh, we've been talking about this. And he's putting me in touch with some people, and we're going to offer our assistance. We're going to do whatever they need for us to do to help in this state, and that's up to including going to court, filing a amicus briefs, doing whatever, because this is a very serious situation. We have a similar. We have a similar situation in San Antonio, where there the left wing city council and mayor pushed through legislation that basically said if you opposed gay marriage. You could not do business with the city. You could not be hired by the city. And you could not even run for public office in the city. Now, that ordinance is also under attack. Because that basically is doing something that the Constitution specifically prohibits. The Constitution says that there shall be no religious test allowed as a qualification for holding public office in this country. No religious test at all allowed, if that's what San Antonio is doing. Now, these are two cities in Texas. It's probably worse than other parts of the country. In fact, just the last few days I've learned about the case in Idaho, where a town in Idaho has told a married couple, both of whom are ministers, and who have a wedding chapel, but who refuse to marry gay couples, that they are going to be thrown in jail practicing their religious beliefs. They're being told, "And here's the here's the way this ordinance is set up. For every day that you refuse to marry a gay couple, you can get 100 day 80 days in jail and a fine of $1,000." The couple is dug in their heels and they're fighting it. We have the couple up in New Upper New York State who own a farm And they let their barn, they rent out their barn for wedding receptions and parties and that sort of thing. They refuse to rent it out for a wedding reception for a lesbian couple. The state of New York is fined them $13,000 for exercising their freedom of religion and freedom of speech. These cases have to be fought all across the country. It's just another example of the way political correctness is putting the people in this country in danger. Not just in danger from the terrorists, the Islamic terrorists, and from, you know, like ISIS, but also in danger of losing our rights to the very freedoms that our military is fighting for. Losing the First Amendment rights. Losing the Second Amendment rights. You know, one of the things the United States Justice Foundation is also involved is is fighting the federal regulations, like the ones being proposed by the IRS that would limit freedom of speech of groups like mine, the United States Justice Foundation, prior to an election. I basically couldn't talk on this radio show unless I talked about gardening. We're not allowed to endorse candidates to begin with, and we don't. But under these new rules and regulations, we would be told we couldn't even talk about the voting records of candidates or members of Congress. We're also opposing the new HHS regulations that allow your medical records to be turned over to the FBI so you can be put on the National Instant Criminal Background Checklist and be prohibited from owning a firearm simply because you might have been depressed at some time. Your private medical records are now going to be turned over to the FBI for numerous reasons, and because the BATF is changing the definition of mental illness to broaden it dramatically. All of this is happening in this country. It's going to be I'm very worried about what's going to be happening in the next week or ten days. With our elections coming up, the terrorists are liable to try to increase activity and try to attack Americans. So be vigilant, my friends. And uh, stay safe. And by all means, get out and vote. Because the future of this country could, could very well be in, hanging in the balance. Go to my website, com. There you can keep up with the articles I'm writing about the Constitution, and about constitutional issues we face. And you can also look at my books. You know, the holidays are not far away. Uh, my books, are, two of them are on Kindle and, and e-books and other places. The Mortarman, the story about my father Union World War II, and I'm a, Yale, a story of America. You can find out on my website how to order hard copies if you want, but you can also order all of them, all five of my books, including my book on the Constitution. You can order that through my website. And they uh, make good Christmas gifts, particularly for military veterans and people who are interested in military history and the history of our great country. And my novel is a patriotic novel, and the left has discovered it and gone ballistic. They hate it, which I love. I love to upset them. Anyway, everybody have a good week, and stay safe, people. And I will talk to you next week.
1: This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.